This podcast is reserved for audiences 18 years and older. Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Today's part two of our episode together with Michael Lara, the owner of the Bullet Bar and Mr. Bullet Leather title competition. Now, if you're a Patreon subscriber, then you've had early access to this episode for quite some time now. And if you aren't a Patreon subscriber or don't know what that is, Patreon is a platform where you can support the podcast for as little as just a few dollars a month. All proceeds go directly towards maintaining the podcast, as well as ensuring that we can keep hearing these very important personal stories from individuals within our leather and kink communities. Patreon subscribers gain early access to podcast episodes, as well as exclusive access to other bonus episodes and material. You can find that page by going to patreon.com and searching for Leather Talk Mr. Bullet. And now that my shameless plug is over, let's sit back, relax, and get ready for some more Leather Talk. right here down the street i don't go to them if i go i'll have a drink or something with a friend but it's not a place that i call home like at the end of the day i go to the bull bar i go to the eagle because that's where i know i'm going to see my friends yeah like it's the cheers it's like where you belong where everyone knows your name <laughs> like yeah the, i advertise that too is like when we the openness back up i said um on my banner out in front yeah where everybody knows your name welcome home yeah, and that's what it feels like. Did you like the little ruby slippers that I added to it? <laughs> For you sure. youngsters that don't know what that is, that is from The Wizard of Oz, we Dorothy Slippers. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some Gen Zers out there that don't know what that is. How old are you? <laughs> I'm uh, 30. Okay. Maybe you do, but maybe some of these 20-year-olds. Maybe not. 18-year-olds. Uh, I mean, they're coming up. <laughs> you're, dude, you're, pushing, you're pushing that flower. Uh, I, it's so crazy to me. I, I think it's called the, you're pushing the daisies. Pushing the daisies. <laughs> no, it's crazy to me because I, um, quick story time. I was at a, another bar, not your bar, but another bar once in an Uber. This was back before COVID when there were shared Ubers. I think that's coming back now. Cute fucking twink in the back seat. I'm not really that into twinks, but he was really cute. Um, and he had a, a thing of laundry and we're driving in the shared Uber and we get out to the Uber and we get off on the same spot and I'm about to cross the street to go to this other bar. And this guy goes, Oh, um, what is that place? I've always wondered what that is. And I said, Oh, it's a gay bar. And he goes, Oh, really interesting. Um, well, you know, I'm straight, but I've always like been kind of curious about like what it would be like to be with a guy. And I'm like looking at him and I was like, how old are you? And he was like, Oh, I'm 19 or something like that. And I was like, show me your ID. So he shows me his ID. I confirm. And I was like, all right. Uh, so we start like making out and groping and everything outside. And I said, well, you know, I live just down the street. If you want to do more, we can go back to my place. At the time, I'm 26. He tells me, oh, no, I'm not trying to get with an older guy. <gasps> 
I'm getting too old. I'm, like, I'm 26, bitch. <laughs> it just goes downhill from there. Like, are you kidding me? I was, oh my God, the first time I heard someone call me Poppy, I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> Can you tell us about your first competition? How did that go? Who was your first title holder? Oh my God, I'm stoning. You're asking me questions that I have to. Um, his name was uh, Ted Bear. Okay. He's passed away since there. And I joke a lot about Ted Bear. I, I, Ted Bear, Ted used to work for me. Actually, the gentleman, Tony Bajada, after Tony and I stopped seeing each other, Ted and him started dating. Oh, really? Yeah. Keep it in the family. <laughs> Ted also worked for, for the Bullard as a bartender. I like to joke around. I mean, he was a really nice guy. Uh, I have a lot of positive things to say about him. But one of the things, he slept with, like, most of the judges. For Elliot? <laughs> and, he only, and he didn't win. Oh, <laughs> He came first runner-up, though. For the Boulevard? For the Boulevard. <laughs> no, he won the title of Mr. Boulevard. He came first runner-up for oh, Mr. For Los Angeles. I see, I see. That's hilarious. How, how did that first competition go? Was it fun? I mean, like, or were you just like... Again, I do. I do you not pot. even um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we were competing. We belonged to a group of people, a family, you know. Yeah. Um, that's when LALC was still having meetings at their at people's homes. Are there any of your title holders that really stand out to you that had some big or positive effect on your life? Yes. Not just on me, but I think on the community as a large. Mm -hmm. I would say quite a few. Ted, Kevin. Um, then Matthew really stepped it up. I'm Matthew Mullins. I, I judge a person by how they lose, how they respond when they lose, not how when you win. Because when you win, you're all excited. You were the one, you know. Yeah. Matthew um, ran for Mr. Regiment and did not take the title. And he he walked off stage with his head held up high. Hmm. And that's how you, I think a title holder or anybody that does anything should lose. Yeah. Um, that... I noticed that. And he, then he ran for Mr. Bullet and won Mr. Bullet. And I was very happy that he won Mr. Bullet. He, he made a, he put his stamp, I would say. Then uh, we had also Bartholomew, mm -hmm. slutty Estevan. <laughs> Love you, Estevan. <laughs> and then um, we had um, Chris, mm -hmm. who, um, Chris was was really was a trip because that year and please don't ask me what year he is, okay? Okay. Or any of these people don't ask. Well, me. you would I know, barely remember. You would yours. know if they were on the wall still. <laughs> Chris was a last minute. He was basically what I uh, I shouldn't say, but a fill in. What happened was that Friday night I went to bed with seven contestants. You had sex with seven. I went to bed with seven contestants. I mean, I mean, that night. In other words, at the meet and greet, like six or seven we had contestants. Oh, you don't have sex with all the contestants? I don't contestants. have sex with any of my contestants. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then in the morning, we had like one. Why? I can't remember why, but we had one. So we were, oh, we maybe two. We were. I was scrambling. I could not go on stage with two contestants. So we asked Chris... If he would run, Dan Hernandez asked him because they were friends. He said yes. He didn't get. He competed just like everybody else. He didn't get no favor. I don't believe in favors. What I tell the judges is basically what I tell. I to, to degree what I tell you guys. 
One, I tell the judges, they have to stand on their own. Okay? Mm -hmm. You lose or you win on your own. I give them a little outline, you know, I want someone who's going to represent the bar, okay, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I believe you, because somehow I won. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even know me, so. Yeah, I just thought you were this little cute kid. I, I did not know you were the tramp that you well, are, honey. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but okay, so Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you, okay. So, so Chris won, and uh -huh. he won legitimately. Some people have said, no, but he won legitimately. And then... Um, but I, you know, I actually forgot about, um, damn, I can't think of his name now. Then after Chris, then basically we had AJ. AJ mm -hmm. was Mr. Bullet for like you, like years. Yeah. Years yeah. and years and years. He's the first Mr. Bullet that I realized was a Mr. Bullet. And then that's when I noticed the leather pride flag that was hanging up. And then I realized the, the wall um, and all of that kind of woke me up to what the environment was. Were you thinking of Geo? Yes. I, I know of Geo only because, but I have a copy of a book here somewhere. You can have one. I'll have to find the copy. He actually wrote a guide for leather competitions. Yes. Yeah. He helped out with leather boot camp, I believe. So I have that guide, and that's what I read and studied up on for the competition at the Bullet. Geo was a trip. <laughs> um, after he passed away, I was called by his father and mother to come to his place and grab the fetish, mm -hmm. the dildos, the leather pants, the chaps, so they forth. They didn't want any of that. Yeah. Even though the brother was gay, hmm. um, that wasn't his thing. So I remember I went over with my boyfriend at the time, Jay, and we're in the room, and we're packing all this stuff up, and we're opening the drawers, and there's this big, big, big double-sided dildo. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so the father walks in, and I said to him, I said, you might want to leave because you might want to see this, you know. Who wants to see the fact that my son just took a big dildo up his oh, My son yeah. takes a big dildo. I mean, I don't think a father really would want to see that. Or yeah, yeah. even have that image in his head. So he goes, no, we've been through everything. We know what's there. Nothing's going to surprise us. So we, went, we transferred from there to the box, and the dad's face was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. I broke down laughing my ass off. I mean, they turned out to be really cool. Yes, I loved you a lot. He was a really cool kid. And we actually did the number draw from his boot. Yes. One of his boots. Yes. And a little sentimental and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's so sad that he left us so early. I mean, but that that is, I would say, what makes the Bullet Bar special is because things like that. Like, there is a legacy. There is family there. And it's, like, super apparent. I remember one time I used to go camping trip with a group called PCMC, Pacific Coast Men's Club, up by Idlewild. And this bitch came down with just, I think they're called stockings that women use for like heels. Okay. Right? Like the nylon stockings? Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. And a little patch of like carpet, shag carpet, where the pussy should be. Okay. He put that there? Yeah. Glued Why? it on. Glued it on. <laughs> okay. And that's all he had, and a long black wig. What? Come down in heels, coming down that fucking to to, to the fire pit area to the where we're eating. It was oh my god, holding a that's right. He was holding a cocktail uh, tray like this <laughs> above his I'm head. I'm going to find that picture and I'm going to show it to you. It is hilarious. That's Gio. And it's, the next moment, he's tied up and getting flogged or you know whatever. Five minutes later. I love that. Well, you yourself have dabbled into some drag. 
Yes. It, what's the story with that? Because I've seen pictures of um, what's her name? Um, Mona. Mona. Yes, I was my first. Well, not my first wife. But a gentleman who lent me the money for the bar, Richard, believed that uh, within us all we have different individuals, mm-hmm. and some of them are female, some okay. are male. So um, he decided he gave all his friends female names. Remember, this is when I was like 29 years old. And my, he happened to call me Mona. I happened to call my best friend, tell my best friend at the time that, and that spreads across that bar like So people wildfire. just started calling yes. you Mona. Yes. <laughs> Finally, I broke the habit of that. I threatened them. Good old-fashioned threats work today. <laughs> Sometimes. I knew what you were doing last week. I'm going to tell you a boyfriend. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, so we um, did a Halloween event for fundraising, and I decided to do drag. But I was kind of scared because I didn't want my boyfriend at the time to want to have sex with me in drag. Oh, I see. He didn't. That's so not that was, something you were interested in. Yeah, I'm not in, I wasn't interested. So I bought a dress. I wanted to look like J-Lo. Remember J-Lo in that green dress with her, I mean, everything like shine? So I bought big old titties and everything, right? Wow. And, and then for somehow from the time I got from the store to my house, I lost those double Ds. I'm a big guy, okay? I'm over six foot. How do you lose boobs? I have no idea, but I could not find them anywhere. So I had to drive back to the store. <laughs> buy some more? And buy some more, but they didn't have any big ones. <gasps> so what'd you do? So I had to buy small ones. I had to buy A's. I'm over six foot. I should not be having A's. I need double D's. No, no, no. <laughs> okay? Oh, wow. A's just makes me look awkward oh, on a guy God. my size. <laughs> so um so i dressed in drag yes i was in that chair for like five hours with, with a professional makeup artist wow and they said i look like cheetah rivera <laughs> i love that photo i have that photo you sent me one and you look really good you really do <laughs> i still have that dress i've only bought i think two dresses in my life a wedding dress and that red dress and i still have both of them <laughs> And it, it, it's sort of funny because I have seen you walking around in like a harness in leather and then to see the picture of you in full drag, that contrast is just, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I have fun. I'm, I mean, I, I appreciate women a lot more. I mean, because the stuff that, you know, women have to go through. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I know I wouldn't do that every day. Yeah. Guys yeah. are lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I put my hair together in two seconds with some gel. Yeah. Whatever. But, um, yeah. I mean, I, we were all there with when, with our mothers when it took them two hours to get ready. I mean, my mom woke up at 5 a.m. And all for what? Just so they, <laughs> so guys, are, you know, I'm probably, so a guy can look at them or, or whatever. Fuck that. Yeah. Guys are <laughs> my trash. My ass would be lazy. Say, screw those guys. <laughs> guys are trash. <laughs> They're not even. Don't even look. I never watched it even say that. <laughs> Don't looking at her, their faces for like five minutes because they're looking at something else five minutes later. I, 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 my eyes are up here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I had fun doing drag. Would I, I? I'll do it once in a while, you know. Yeah. And I've had some a lot of leather guys that I can't reveal in my house just joking around wearing uh-huh. my high heels. Really? Yes. Huh. A couple bar owners too. Wow. So I want to talk to you about this last couple years. Because, as I said before, I don't even, I don't think you even knew I existed. Not until I walked up, to, I knew, uh, until you, I walked up to you and asked you to be, to run for Mr. Bullock. I, and again, I didn't know that you were as slutty as you were. 
Well, okay, here's the story. I did it. That, I thought she was pure and innocent. That night when you saw me. I thought I had the virgin on my hands. You did. You huh. did. Um, no, okay, so here's the story. I was wanted had been wanting to invest in leather pants because I had been getting into leather the last oh, couple of years. Oh, those. Oh, I bought them already. Oh, yeah. I owe you money then. No, you're good. <laughs> so... Um, I was investing in some leather pants and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get some fake leather pants right now. Why do I have to wait to save up money for blah, blah, blah? Like, I'm just going to wait. I already had a nice leather shirt that I had found and got it, um, like tailored and everything to fit me. And, and I, I got boots. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go out to the Eagle tonight. And I went out and had a couple drinks. And then I realized that it was, I think it was a bear party. And I love the bear parties at the Boulevard. They're so much fun. It's like, okay, I'm going to go in full leather to the bullet bar. And every time I see you, saw you around, around that time, I thought you were like this mean, standoffish, bulldog, like, like, oh, I'm going to stay away from that guy. <laughs> he looks rough. And I go in full leather and um, go into the back of the bar for a little bit, hang out with some friends. The what? Uh, we're hanging out with some friends but in the where? back of the bowl in the back of the bullet. Okay. <laughs> and I come out and you lock eyes with me for like one second too long. And you said, Hey, you look good in your leather. You should run for Mr. Bullet. And that was it. But what what you didn't know was that in my mind I was thinking about running for it last year. But there was no I don't think there was a competition. It was coming up finally. And then this year I'm like, this is this is a sign from God because I'd already been thinking about it. And the bar owner suddenly invites me to, to compete. And I thought whether or not he knows who I am, this is, this is the moment I have to take advantage of. So anyways, I go up there and I, I compete. And one funny thing is there's a section when you fill out the application for a fantasy. I didn't know what that was. I just said, yes, I have a fantasy. And I made the fantasy like the day before. Because I found out what it was at the last second. Dino was like, oh, are you are you guys having your fantasies all ready to go? And I said, what's a fantasy? So Gabriel Green is the one that had to tell me what, what it was all about. I went to bed that night, took a woke up the next day having had this dream. And that was my fantasy that I played out at the bar. Oh, wow. But um, I want to know like, what was going on through your head when we were up there. Because... In my mind, I was doing this really because it was like the next step in my journey of leather. When you see contestants up there, I mean, I know you don't really have a say, but I mean, all of those people had been there for years. What did you, what was your thought when, when I won? Where you're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> this fucking tweet. Like, <laughs> I screamed out, we got to invest in the STDs. Shut <laughs> we got to invest in clinics. No, I was, we were very happy. I remember I was talking to, um, um, first of all, uh, I we all have favorites. I think if anybody, any producer, promoter says that they don't have a favorite of the contestants, they're lying. They do. Yeah. We just, it's not appropriate that we reveal, nor should we, and we don't. Um, make decisions based on that. Make decisions of based that. on that. Yeah. We leave it to, to the, I leave it up to the judges and just the judges alone. So you, uh, whoever takes the title, Mr. Bullet, took it um, because they earned it. Um, usually at these contests, I'm not really thinking about much, but just the production part of it. Right. Make sure everybody gets on stage correctly. 
you know, there's a lot of things going on at one time since I'm really hands-on with mm-hmm. the contest. So I really don't have time. I do try to make sure that, because I look at it like this, you could have had five different judges. You could have had two different judges on that panel and it would have had a different outcome. Yeah. So just because you take the title of Mr. Bullet doesn't mean the, pe- the people who didn't take that didn't deserve it. Because they could have valued the, the way... I answered the questions or whoever answered the questions differently if they were different people on that yeah. panel. There's so many factors involved. So I, what I try to do is let the other contestants know that. Mm-hmm. That, you know, again, you could, there's so many variables in there. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I really don't have time. Um, and even when you get up on stage, again, it's still the production part of it. I usually right. don't get to settle down. And let I don't even up. think you were in the back for the interviews. Huh? That day, you weren't even there for the interviews, right? You don't even get to hear. Yeah, and no, I, I, I uh, again, because part of the production, it's not my job to. That's why we pick those judges. That's that's I, their job. That's how I get my titles through them because I pick them for what they stand for, who they are in the community, or, and so therefore, I trust them enough to know, to make that decision for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. or to make that decision, based on your 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 interviews, your abilities. Now, when the pandemic happened, it totally threw everything oh, yes. into a frenzy or whatever. And I'll tell you, what I started with the title, I was going to do anyways. I really did it out of, I would say, selfish reasons. Because I was wanting to learn more about myself and more about people in the community. So that's why I started this. I actually, I don't know if you know this, started interviewing people and recording before the title was even happening. Before oh, the really? competition was even happening. My first guest, Don, Mike, and Chad, they came on right around the that weekend. Um, I think actually I did Chad Onyx after the competition because that's how I met him. Um, but that was my way of, of kind of introducing myself to this world. And then the online community thing with the, with the Zooms that started happening weekly sort of happened out of again like my own desire to want to get back into leather i was like that was my way to decompress to go out and be myself was to go out to the bullet or the eagle or whatever and wear my leather pants and stuff and i was telling one of the guests on the show oh i would really love why don't we start like a weekly zoom we'll just call it like i don't know leather hangout or something like that and he goes well why don't you just make it a part of the podcast and we'll make it a listening party everyone can come in their gear and we're going to have a good time. And I thought, oh, my God, you're a fucking genius. Um, shout out to Angel, if you're listening, who came up with that idea. And so I felt like that was really the only way that I could kind of be the walking advertisement for the Bullet Bar when we're locked inside this whole time. I mean, now we're out. I guess we could do some events. But at this point, I've created this platform and I think a lot of people, I hope, know about the Bullet Bar because of it. Oh, yes, totally. I mean, yes. Your uh, your podcast is a great advertisement for the bar. And at the same time, you're doing a lot of good for the community, too. Mm-hmm. Not just for yourself. You may have started this for selfish reasons, but uh, look where you're at. I mean, look how long it's taken. Because I usually don't do interviews. I it took me years to get him here. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, this is, and only because it's you. Um, and I'll just go back to my little corner when I leave here. 
your little world. Um, so yeah, yeah. I would say there's a lot of things that start off maybe for selfish reasons, but turn out to help other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I start. I didn't start the pantry for selfish reasons, but I started the pantry just to help people. Yeah. Because I thought there was going to be a need. I I really thought that society was going to break down. I thought we would have major chaos in the streets. Um, now I will say, Michael, friend to friend, you are a little bit dramatic, though. You love the drama. <laughs> I I remember when you were just like, "There's the whole world is going to explode, and there's going to be like all this stuff." I'm like, Michael, chill. It's fine. <laughs> like, you know, my friends say the same thing, but I say, but do be the first one, because I remember when, I think it was a while back when North Korea was, they were concerned that North Korea would start bombing us and stuff uh-huh. like that. So I went out and bought all this plastic so I can seal the bar up, right? And I told oh uh, my friends, I said, well, if something happens, you're going to get a phone call. You have 30 minutes from that phone call to get to the bar. Okay. okay? There will be, you will be, Oh, that's what this was. Okay, I <laughs> I will be sending a code. You have to do that code, announce that code, okay? And that code is only to be used one time. I said, you're allowed to bring one friend, and you need to bring food resources. So I told this, uh, there was like 10 of them. And then um, one of my, I said to one of my friends um, that, and he goes, well, I don't have a boyfriend. Can I bring um, some um, somebody else, something else? And I said, sure, what? He goes, a dog. I said, oh, yeah. I go, how big is your dog? He goes, it's a pretty large, like a good extra food resource. <laughs> oh my gosh, the drama of it all. I just. <laughs> but again, if something did happen. You know, better safe than sorry, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's my age. <laughs> so even like, even when they closed us down, I remember we had, um, they closed down on a Sunday. And so that Monday, Tuesday, we had a staff meeting, mm-hmm. the entire staff. And I sent out um, Max, and I believe it was Timothy to uh, go buy seeds mm. for food so we can grow our own food. Again, Michael, just one step past <laughs> the, the necessary uh, steps. But okay, so you were going to start a garden if you needed to. Yeah, we were yeah. actually, we started the garden. Wow. We okay. never got any vegetables out of there, <laughs> but we started it because they let it die. <laughs> Um, that's when I started the pantry because I again I thought there was going to be a need and yeah. um, and and there was a lot of people I got to give a shout out to Ben Johnson mm-hmm. people don't know this he when I needed some help you know to go shop what we call shoppers mm-hmm. he would he would shop for us not only shop for us but he would he would pay for the food himself mm. he wouldn't take the money um, and there's so many other people that helped out. You know Eric Wilson. I mean, I can't. I can't think of Howie Man, Howie, Gabriel Green. So, um, and even my. I remember um, Bruce and I standing standing in line at Walmart or Target. I mean, it was really a trip. It was, it was fun because we would be in line at six o'clock in the morning, five thirty in five thirty in the morning, in line. You know, because we're only allowed one package each, so I brought Bruce so we can get two. And one roll of toilet paper. Yes. Remember that? <laughs> so I stocked up because of Bruce. I stocked up um, for the pantry on a lot of toilet paper and a lot of hand. I am still going through the hand sanitizer wipes that I bought two years ago. Wow. That tells you how much I bought. Um, and I still have a lot of toilet paper, too, in my storage unit. Wow. The, the times... It was so crazy. But here's some crazy, like, here's the thing. 
is like you were mentioning like, oh, I'm not sure if vanilla bars have that same sense of family or whatever. I mean, for sure, we all pulled together. I mean, Gabriel Green came out with the um, with the, the LELC Cares and everyone else that was involved with that. We had the Bullet Bar Pantry. We what happened was that with LALC has is that uh, we decided that there was a need for the community, and since mm-hmm. I was the, the pantry, I decided that I would like to go into partnership with. So the LALC, what they did is they, they created um, LALC Cares, mm-hmm. and Gabriel is a natural leader. Yeah. Um. So he was voted in to um, be the chair, or of that committee. Mm-hmm. He's really good at that stuff. I'm not. I rather work behind the scenes than out in front. Yeah. So, um, and so that's how LASC cares. Then Mr. Cyan came on board, and then Frank, I I pronounce it Cavallo. He always says Cavallo. Yeah. Cavallo. Yeah. Yeah. Love you, Frank. And then we brought on, then voted after I think six months, whatever it was, Adam Mondo came on board too. But that's what I mean. Like members of your community pulled together. In a time of need like yeah. this, and that, like that's that's. And I the think that's what's going to be the uh. hundred years from now. I think that's what's going to be remembered. Not the contest titles. It's going yeah. to be LLC, the cares that they helped that they stepped that the community the leather community stepped up at a time when it needed to, and not just the the, the LLC. I got to give a shout out to Scarlet with Ace. They mm. are also um, that's right. Yeah, um, they also created, um, and I'm probably got this all a little mixed up here but how it was created but these she started ace and she was also helping people in the community too mm-hmm. and she donated some um um some stuff that's right yeah i remember um, I had a lot of dog yeah. food and cat food she did a lot of, i mean a lot <laughs> so thank you yeah absolutely, absolutely so there was also other members within the community that stepped up also separately from the lalc yeah, you're right, absolutely, and probably some that will I'll, I'll never even hear about until later, until after this podcast. Um, but that's what I would say the magic of this community is like. Yeah, like let's fuck, like let's BDSM, let's find the dark corners. But at the end of the day, like we come together as family when it's necessary. Yeah, because there was we had some issues between um, you know the, the whole. I don't want to get into the whole thing about the LASC and the vote, but there was some hard feelings out there. Where it's on both sides of the aisle. And um, a Scarlet and I are on opposites on that. Hmm. And the fact that I remember that when we got came together and to help each other out, we put those differences aside. That's what a community does. Yeah. In the time of need, just that's what a family does. We yeah. bicker, we argue, but when we it comes down to it, we help each other out. Then after everything's gone back to normal, then we can go back to bickering and fighting again. <laughs> A typical family. <laughs> oh, do you remember the Bite the Bullet event? Yes, I do. Okay. I'm so very proud of that event. That was so much fun. Let's talk a little bit about that. So what was the whole point of this event? This was back when everything was still in lockdown. Things were starting to get we back had, to normal. We had decided that um, because of safety reasons that we were going to go to Instacart to deliver groceries and items for people in need. Mm-hmm. So that was going to cost a little bit more money than us going out individually or having shoppers go out and buy the items. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> Instacart is pretty expensive. Yeah. So we ch- decided to do that for safety reasons. And so we needed a fund. We needed money. Okay. So we decided to 
I decided to do called Bite the Bullet. And Robert, and I'm going, Blackman, okay, thank God I remember him gladly because <laughs> I actually liked the dude and he would be really pissed off at me. He used to work for me also. Um, he don- donated all this stuff, all this clothing of his. Leather, fetish, jeans. Did he also donate like a bunch of toys? Toys. Yeah. So I had all this stuff. And he knew, and Robert knew what I was wanting to do with the pantry, blah, blah, blah. So I decided with all this stuff, because I couldn't keep it in my house all this time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it took a lot of It was like of, trucks full yeah. of stuff. Well, it was a lot of stuff. And so that's how I will start up. We can, you know, sell it online. Because Ralph at the time was doing something similar, selling pieces of his clothing for charity he would wear. So we could do something similar to that. Yeah. And uh, I was motivated also by, um, and I hope I pronounced her name correctly, Lucinda. Did mm-hmm. I say that correctly? Yeah, Lucinda. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Joey with their very successful um, fundraiser. Yeah, that's right. Joey had a, a jock fundraiser on Zoom. Very successful. Very successful. Didn't they raise thousands of dollars by just selling I junks think, and shots? And- I think like $3,000. Wow. So I wanted something similar to that. And so that's why I brought you on board. I brought a Teddy, v- Volta Charge, AJ, Gabriel Green, Mondo, myself, and David. I call it David Bear. I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah. yeah. And we raised, what, over 6000 I think 7000 not positive. Yeah, $1, that's $1. right. Yeah. And I have to tell you that, I don't know, it, like, maybe it was just another thing for you, but for me, I will... That will be like some of the fondest memories I ever have, like from here until my deathbed, because it was so much fun and it was it was hilarious. It was oh, it was a blast. <laughs> we it was just us at the. I bullet. remember you wouldn't drink my pee because my piss was too dark. <laughs> yeah. I was I was Insulting. trying. I was trying to say like if somebody it. tipped enough money that I would drink his, and so. <laughs> And I was the only masculine male there. The so, well, there you go. Yeah. So, Michael goes, and I don't even know if that was piss. It was like cigarette water. I, <laughs> you're like, here. I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> it's a Latino thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And um, AJ being the... the his jock. His jock. Uh, I think it was jock or his underwear. We... He donated the case. Everybody got into it. I mean, yeah. he was taking clothes off. Hey, we'll, 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 we'll auction this off. Yeah. We were modeling. We were modeling. Teddy was hilarious. Um, if we ever get a chance to do uh, Teddy and, and Brandon thing together again, that that was so much fun. And people were getting drunk because they were buying you guys shots. Yeah, you guys were screwed right. up. Oh, my God. And what sucks, not sucks, what, what's trip is that what got us up to that high amount is because we had some customers that really because part of the thing was that we were auctioning the bar for one day mm-hmm. for I think it was like three or four hours and this was back before the bars were yeah. even open yeah so we had some customers come together and bid on that bar and waited this entire time the entire time to get to that point to bid on the bar yeah and we kind of like rumored about that this was going to be uh like something for bid and i think a lot of people knew that they got there and they had like friends and everything invested in it waiting to place bids oh yeah it was a trip <laughs> and i thought we'd maybe get six hundred dollars yeah i was hoping for six i didn't want to be embarrassed by not getting at least six hundred dollars what do we get three thousand three thousand dollars it went up to three thousand dollars it was and, amazing and what they got for that was if i remember correctly they, they, they got a bartender 
They had uh, be, uh, excuse me, they had a, a performance and a DJ. And I even offered to be a, a, a stripper. stripper, a stripper, but then they didn't want me. So the people that won this, right? It was actually the, the main guy was name was Jeff, and then he had his backers. Okay, <laughs> uh, so they all contributed some money. So, but they didn't want all that. Hmm. Yeah, all yeah. they wanted to do was play bingo. A three thousand dollar bingo. Three thousand dollars to play bingo. <laughs> That amazes me. Wow. I mean, that just tells you, though, that their heart was in the right place. Like, they, they really were doing this for the community and, and for the needs at the time, but they, they saw an advantage to, like, hey. Play bingo. Because yeah. they were our hardcore bingo players. <laughs> That's and, amazing. And what's, what's trip is that once they won that, and, like, they were, the date that they settled to do it, to, uh, to be there at the bar. It was, like, around the time when the bar was going to open. The bar again. was going to open, like, a day later, two days later. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, so, and they had no problem. They still paid the money. Wow. They sat there and they played bingo and they didn't want any of you guys. They didn't want the DJ. They didn't want the performer. They didn't want you doing your little coochie dance or what do they call it? Uh, a stripper dance? A yeah. coochie dance? What is that? <laughs> um, all they wanted to do was yeah. to play the bingo. Play yeah. the bingo. It's a trip. Yeah. That's, that event was very, um, I'll remember forever. Yeah. It was, it was so much fun and I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, I was so drunk by the end of all of those shots that people were buying on the internet. And I remember it was getting exciting because we were selling off pieces of leather and people would swipe in the last second. We would time the, the auctions. And I really wanted this leather shirt that had like perforated, it's like a perforated leather shirt. And it was me and Joe Clopton. Mm-hmm. Mr. CSW, we're bidding against it on each other. I'm like, I'm there hosting the, the thing with Teddy, but I wanted that shirt. So I kept bidding, I kept bidding, I kept bidding. The time's running out and Joe bids the highest. And I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I think he got it right at the last second before the time goes out. Miss Sanctuary Leather 2020 swipes in. Everybody <laughs> in the room goes, oh my God. She makes the highest bid. She's like, I bought it for Brandon. <laughs> I, still I remember have it. that. Well, do you remember us? Remember you guys, mo- all the title holders, modeling the al- um, the jockstrap, the outfit. That's outfits? right. That's right. I still have all that video. Oh, and I'm willing to sell it for the right price. <laughs> Just joking. Oh my gosh, Joe Clopton looked so hot in that jock. Mm. He made it seem like he wasn't gonna. Oh, I don't know. Well, how yeah. Did you just say the package? Oh, oh my gosh, Joe, if you're listening. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. I'll just, never mind. <laughs> Okay, so before we go here, I, I do I do have a couple more just throw out questions for you. Uh, being the owner of the bar for so many years and a, a patron for even long, you know since before then, where do you hope to see the Bullet Bar go from here? And maybe that means where do you hope to see it if you ever hand it off to someone else? I would like to, for it to continue to be a a, um, a gay bar. Mm-hmm. And the reason I was a little hesitant there because I wasn't sure if I should say gay bar, or LBGTQ. You want to be a, to be a space for the community is yes. what you want it to be. Yeah, and I'll make provisions for that, mm-hmm. or have made provisions for that. How would you describe the spirit of the bar that you would like to preserve for the future? It's a trip because I remember one time I sat in not one time the first time I sat in the bar with all the lights closed. It was around three thirty in the morning. Nothing on. Mm-hmm. It's complete darkness. Even the emergency lights, I had covered them. 
and just to hear and feel everything that for years, for 30 years, 40 years, the people that come in and out of that bar, it was kind of creepy, but yes, at the same time satisfying. That how many guys have died because they met someone that gave them HIV? Mm-hmm. Or how many men have lived because they've met the love of their life in that bar, in that space. And that's not just the bullet. You got the ego. You got uh, what is now Falcon North. Mm-hmm. They've all us long-term termers, <laughs> establishments. We all have history. We all have moments. It's just amazing sometimes that um, I own it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid working at Burger King and drive through, and I, there was this brand new, um, uh, not Mercedes, um, RX-7. And I never thought I could be able to afford that. And then looking back, and then sitting in that bar realizing that I own a... An establishment that yeah. means that much. Yeah. It is It is interesting to like think about the energy that has existed there. And even like the remnant energy of all of that has happened through the past. Brian Dawson shared a story on his interview how there was a, a dungeon space that he had where men would be wrestling and men would be doing BDSM and one day he had to let go of that space and he said that as they were packing up there was like this like a whoosh of energy and wind that came through the space and everyone just stopped and got chills and they're like did you feel that and he believes that when people inhabit a space for so long like part of them is left there that kind of energy and exists and I think that's kind of what you were experiencing with the complete silence of that moment. And even now I have Bruce, his ashes are there. In yeah. The, and looking over everybody and making sure everybody stays in line, making sure Brandon doesn't suck too many penises <laughs> in the bathroom. He's only allowed three per night. Um, yeah. But it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, the energy is unbelievable. Um, and there's so many different people coming in and out. It's a, it's 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 not it's not me it's not the staff it's the bar mm-hmm. these days i remember back when, when i first started bartending that you if a bartender left a business to a large degree it would be devastating because that bartender would take those customers with them mm-hmm. i think everything that we've gone through as a community i think it's not that it's it's the bar itself it's a, yeah. it's the four walls that that bring it together and we're all just players in it michael i want to thank you for coming out after all these years and finally <laughs> agreeing to be on a recording with me before we go how can we stay connected how can we reach out are you on social media where's the bullet bar how can we find that you can visit us at www.bulletbarla.com and we're also on instagram mm-hmm. tiktok oh well, we have a tiktok now yes oh. facebook Instagram, Twitter. If any of your listeners out there know that anybody that's in need, you can contact me personally at mlbullet at aol.com. Don't make fun of AOL. <laughs> if you need some food items, um, we also, through LALC Cares, give uh, mini grants. Mm-hmm. I believe it's 250 up to 250 for individuals. You can also contact me or Frank Cavalla, and we'll get the process started. Awesome, awesome. Um, Michael, for those who want to visit the Bullet Bar for the first time, maybe people coming from out of town, who's invited to the bar? We are open to everybody as long as everybody behaves. Whether you spend $6 for a drink there or you have a $1,000 bar tab a month, we all got to 
behave and have fun and get drunk and have wild and merry sex. Awesome. So if you like friends, family, sex, <laughs> leather. All the essentials. <laughs> All the essentials. Awesome, Michael. Um, any last words for our audience? Peace out. And with that, uh, you can always find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet and Twitter as Brandon Bullet LA. Thanks again for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky. Okay. Okay.